Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny. You're gonna need a bigger boat. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Be afraid. Be very afraid. Sometimes, that is better. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Hello and welcome to the Screaming Cinema Podcast. Uh, I have an episode here for you today on a brand new release, so that's exciting. Joined as always by Tyler. How's it going, man? Good, good. It is uh, good to be back uh, after a one-week absence. Yeah, we missed you. Yeah, I've been uh, been experiencing a lack of sleep, uh, to put it lightly. So um, my my watching films has been uh, has been a little scattered uh, recently, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, getting a one one or two a weekend is uh, is rough, and we're joined also by uh, James Cole Clay. Uh, hey, fellas, what's up? I was gonna say something, but it has escaped my mind. So, man, that is I had such a good joke, but now it's like gone forever. So, what's up? <laughs> Not a lot. Uh, just checking out some uh, Airbnbs for for the summer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go out to Big Ben. Go out to uh, El Cosmico. We go to Marfa <laughs> and see if you can hey, have the, like a cool experience out there. Maybe I'm just gonna throw this bed. out there, but the rental is to Airbnbs what Jaws is to the beach. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> I, I think I'll still take my chances, though. I mean, all yeah. things considered. <laughs> That's true. That's true. As long as you uh, don't don't. Uh, <laughs> cheat on your wife you should be good yeah at the end of the day like if you want to oh, see all dude. this like you know <laughs> that's that's completely okay like i'm, I'm all the hamburger I'm, meat i'm coming out. i'm completely okay with that like you know if you're the <laughs> if you're if you're into that kind of thing then you know go crazy oh god we gotta have if you uh that movie. yeah if you can't already tell uh our episode this week we're going to be covering the brand new release of 2020's the rental directed by dave franco um, also, you know, catch up on what's been going on the last couple of weeks, but this is our, um, review of the week. So from IFC films just came out on July 24th. So I will say it is exciting to get a new horror release and, you know, we can obviously get into what we, what we all think about it, but it was nice to kind of get some of the excitement of something new coming out. That's not just like some horrible, you know, DVD or random old VOD film that is, uh, is awful. So that was nice to get that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there was also. Do I can't remember. Did we talk about this on the last episode, Max? Did we talk about Relic? Uh, we touched on it. You said you watched yeah. it and uh, weren't as big of a fan as, Dude, as everyone else. I- IFC Midnight normally has really awesome horror stuff, um, so it's kind of a bummer that I'm. You know, no spoilers, but you know they're like zero for two with me lately, and so it's Uh-oh. just kind of a drag. Oh man! Was I the only one that didn't know that uh, Allison Brie was married to Dave Franco, and that's probably how he got her to yeah. act in the movie? I knew that. <laughs> we, yeah, you. I think you texted us about it whenever you watched it. But I mean, yeah, you can. That's just no. We'll talk about this in a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, besides the rental, what's been going on? Uh, how's everyone doing? Watching any new movies or enjoying anything? Obviously, Tyler's been just taking care of uh, of baby and watching this one film. But uh, James. Oh, dude, I've been killing it. Uh, <laughs> I, 
it's not even funny uh, how many movies we have watched uh, this month. Um, I've we've just been home. I I work from home, and so that's just what we've been doing. I I went to see some family for Fourth of July, and pretty much ever since then, I've loaded up on movies, and have been off and running with pretty much anything and everything you can imagine. Um, since we last recorded, I mean, we've watched all the John Waters movies. We've watched a ton of Criterion movies, and I've added a ton of stuff to my watch list on Letterboxd, but and some other things here and there. But uh, what I've been really diving into is my Criterions that I bought from the sale, which I bought. I told you guys how many, but I bought way too many. I'm gonna watch them. I'm not somebody that like just leaves them on the shelf because if I spend my money on them, I'm gonna like this is what I'm doing. Um, so that's another reason why I don't like have a lot of streaming subscriptions and whatnot, unless um, you know I get it paid for through like my cable service or whatever. But um, dude, I watched we I bought all the David Lynch movies on Criterion, so we watched Eraserhead, uh, we watched Blue Velvet. I bought Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, which we haven't watched that yet. And just on Sunday night, we watched Mulholland Drive, and I picked up a copy of Wild at Heart. So we're like totally like in the surreal sludge of David Lynch right now with his like <laughs> feathered hair and weird way of talking and just everything. Um, I love him so much. Um, on YouTube, he like does these like weather reports. Uh, it, like he has a daily YouTube weather report. So he has a YouTube channel. So if anybody loves David Lynch, watches weather reports in the morning, it's very nice. Um, but do you guys like David Lynch at all? Like what's your mileage with that? Um, the only one I've seen is the one that I've been told was the most accessible, which was actually, uh, Mulholland drive. And even, even that I was kind of like, if this is his most accessible film, what the fuck is the other stuff going to you know be like? So, um, I, I liked it, you know, obviously it's not really a guy who wants to follow a, a three act structure or, you know, have a, a normal screenplay. So you're, when you're going into it, you kind of know what you're going to get. But, um, I like that film. I haven't checked out his other stuff yet. It kind of turned me away from diving into it or at least kind of have to check out one every once in a while. Yeah, yeah you really should. Yeah. Um, I, I like David Lynch. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I, I think me and you have had uh, a lot of conversations about blue velvet and how I can't fucking stand that movie. Cause I, I sat there at once and I was like, God, this is just, Ugh, on a different level. Dennis Hopper. I, yeah, like just I, I can't I can't get behind that. But um, I don't know. I mean, um, 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 Eraserhead and you know Mulholland Drive are both really good watches. And you know, I've I've tried to get into Twin Peaks. Like you know, I've watched some of the original series. Uh, I think I watched like uh, the first like two seasons, and uh, I haven't really checked out any uh, of the brand new series. But I mean, I've I've heard good things, but or mixed things, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not my complete cup of tea, but I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, true to his craft and he does what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, critics and, you know, scholars be damned. And, uh, you know, I kind of appreciate that about him. So, so about David Lynch really quick. Um, what I would recommend you guys do, if y'all, do y'all both have Disney plus? Mm hmm. I do. So so uh, put the straight story on your queue. It's his Disney movie. He directed a Disney movie, and it's, like, amazing. Um, in 99, it has Sissy Spacek and this guy Richard Farnsworth, and it's basically just a road trip movie. Um, and it's, like, has... So the, the thing with him, it has his, like, signature kind of dialogue, but it is, like, a three-act structure film. 
And it's this really sweet movie about this guy just going to see his brother. He hasn't seen his brother in like 30 years, and he rides a ride lawnmower across the country. And there you <laughs> go. I watched it a few months ago, and I've been meaning to see it for years. But it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. So what he does is he kind of takes this like surrealist version of like American like Americana, and I think that's interesting. Like, you know, so he has this very like howdy doody kind of attitude. You know, Bob's Big Boy is his like favorite restaurant in L.A. So it's just like di- diner food kind of thing. And what he does is he like skewers it. He just like turns it like you have like real life here. And if you know people can't see me, but you guys can, he's like turning it counterclockwise to make it this weird distorted view of what we think it is. So like it's from a Holland Drive, which we watched. Um, I had never been able to access that film. I've seen it in theaters. Um, at my local Alamo Draft House, I've watched it on DVD. I finally got it on Blu-ray um, a few weeks ago, and so my girlfriend and I popped it in. I kept telling her like, "Oh my God! Like we're gonna watch it. Just get ready. Just, you just get ready. This is a motherfucker of a movie. It's two and a half hours, and it went down really smooth after seeing it a few times. Um, it kind of clicked, but like the thing that's interesting to me, it's basically like, you know, like when you would see like those movie of the week on Lifetime, and it's like, it's like." Uh, it's like High Heels, the Cynthia uh, Brown story or something like that. You know, <laughs> right. so, like that's kind of what this movie is, except it's like the main character by Naomi Watts is named Diane Selwyn. So she's this like aspiring actress. She's in Hollywood. She goes to like stay at her like uh, great aunt's like fancy like apartment and all this stuff. And then she basically falls in love with this like woman who gets to a car wreck. So it's basically this kind of movie, this lifetimey kind of movie for the first like hour and a half. Um, and there's a random plot where Billy Ray Cyrus is having sex with Justin Thoreau's girlfriend, who's like, yeah, it's crazy. So he's just like, you see this weird story of a director just like life falling apart. And part of that fall, falling apart is getting punched in the face by Billy Ray Cyrus. So it's this really funny, weird movie. Um, and then the last 40 minutes of it just literally is like, it's like Inception, honestly, uh, kind of, it's like a dream within a dream, within a hallucinization, within like a, you know, a K-hole, it's crazy, um, <laughs> but it's 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 an interesting film, and what I love about it, and then what I love about David Lynch, and, and like diving into like the special features and everything, is, you know, he's not really looking for the explanation, he really is wanting to just present like a weird you know, dreamlike feeling, you know, you have your dreams, you can't really explain them. That's kind of what he's, he's able to do in a way that mirrors our reality, but is just like so different. But what he's really good at is being very generous to collaboration with his actors. And you can like feel that and feel that comfortability that he's able to get with them. And he's just kind of a amazing guy, honestly. Like, he's yeah, just got this I mean, he's personality. I mean, he's a, He's a real auteur, if you want to call him that. And well, of he, course, and, yeah. and he really, like, just kind of chews, you know, just the scenery and just the mood and just constantly just, you know, bombard you with imagery, like, totally. you know, throughout all of his movies. Um, and, God, that fucking diner scene, uh, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it gets me every time, even though I, I know it's, it's coming. I remember the first time I saw it, it it freaked Ooh. it freaked me the fuck out like just that, one of the best jump scares that yeah. that that foreboding sense of of them walking out behind that diner just like i can't i can't tell you just how how much dread that instilled in me and it's really not like a true horror film like you no. know it's a it's a very just kind of visceral like in your face like you know mind fuck of a movie um, sure. but but that scene just god it 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 gets to you 
I mean, yeah, even, it, even, it, even when you know it's coming. And it's not like your traditional, like, jump scares. And, you know, because, you know, you'll see, I mean, probably my favorite jump scare ever in a movie is from The Exorcist 3. Yes. But, um, you know, this one, it, it's, it's this weird feeling of, like, you know when you're walking through your house in the dark as a kid or something like that? Or even sometimes as an adult when I'm walking, I'm like, ugh, this is kind of creepy. I'm in my garage, whatever. Um, it it has that feeling of like, yeah, something's watching you. And it's not like a, you know, like a horror movie, like, yeet! Like, where yeah. like, Bleh! gets you. It's like this whoosh. Yeah. And it's this just it's terrible image that pops in your head. And it reminds me of like flipping the channels as a kid and randomly like coming across Freddy Krueger and being like, or the Crypt Keeper being like, oh my God, like terrified. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, Mulholland Drive is awesome. It, it's something that you'll want to watch a lot, I think, to yeah. get a part of the Criterion. has some amazing, has an amazing essay, amazing interview. So that and Eraserhead, which I won't talk about too much because I'm sure Tyler um, is uh, has a newborn at home and Max has one on the way. <laughs> you guys don't really want to talk about that. But um, beautiful movie, something that I, I, you know, I commend you guys both for being uh, great parents. I have dogs, but... I, I would be like um, the plot of Eraserhead if I was having a kid. I, I'm so terrified of that. And it's just something that I'm just not ready for. And, you know, that movie really hits close to home. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot. But, man, I, I've just watched so many good things. And another really quick shout-out to another movie I watched. It's not horror, but it is horrific in terms of its um, depiction of love. And that's a, a French film directed by Michael Haneke called... The Piano Teacher, starring Isabelle Huppert. It is a haunting film about control and sex and the way that we communicate with each other through sex and all these really twisted, awful things um, that is just so simultaneously beautiful and so well acted. Um, so I've been on kind of like a more highbrow kick lately. When last time we met up, I was uh, watching your Lake Placids and your Punisher War Zones and all that stuff, but um, yeah, man, I've been I've been hitting it really really hard, um, and I feel really fortunate about that. I guess um, yeah, lately. So it's been- <laughs> yeah, we all go through our phases, you know, where we watch Slock, you know, for a while, and then we, you know, you know, I I guess peek it up a little bit and watch, you know, uh, acclaimed yeah. uh, filmmakers and films. So yeah, I I, I totally, totally get where you're coming from. Um, this so, yeah. uh. This last week, I've been right in the middle. Um, I caught Dream Demon, new Arrow release, which is a um, lost horror movie from 1988. And the funniest thing I knew about the casting was uh, Peter Pettigrew from Harry Potter. Oh, nice. Is the... uh, is this creepy journalist. It's like a story about this um, woman who keeps getting caught in her dreams and these paparazzi are chasing her because she's going to marry a a famous uh, war hero from, from the UK. So um, caught that one. Wasn't, I was a little bit more excited about it than it turned out to be. It was a little bit boring. Um, That can happen sometimes. And I also caught the wind from arrow uh, just came out. It's a, it's actually kind of a funny movie has wings. Hauser as a, killer who is uh, stalking an American writer who's writing in a, a town in Greece um, that's everyone's gone for vacation or it's kind of the off season so that was another interesting one I watched I also caught a Russian um, kind of thriller horror film I guess you'd say it's called why don't you just die um, my last arrow film I watched it's about a um, guy who is going to kill his girlfriend's dad because the girlfriend told him that the dad raped her 
And that's kind of the setup, which sounds horrific, but she's actually just doing that because some other reasons where the dad came into some money and he didn't give her any and she wants him to get killed so she can take the money. But kind of a funny movie that goes totally intense on the gore and way extra. So that was kind of fun. I wasn't expecting a lot from it, but I actually liked it. And then that's like cool. you, I've been checking out my Criterions. I watched Bull Durham which the, actually was the first time I've ever seen it, and I loved it. So good. I had a blast. Um, and then I saw Do the Right Thing, oh, which I picked man. up. Man, I, I've, I'd heard a lot about this movie, but I also had never seen this one. All three of the ones I got were blind buys. Um, I've been meaning to watch it forever. I've been meaning to dig further into Spike Lee's uh, filmography. I've only seen Love a few him. of his stuff. Um, but that was a shit, man. That movie was crazy and yeah. relevant even now. What? What are we looking at 30 years later? Yeah, so. the colors in that movie, the red brick wall and all that stuff, like the yep. cool wardrobes. Yeah, it's a that's like one of my top five favorite movies. Um, but I got that's I awesome. got um, a lot of emails about why don't you just die? So that's cool. And but I was like, I don't know, I don't really have the time for it. So it was tough because I mean, I do no, yeah, you should. You should check it out because it's like a, it's like a miss. It's like so the backstory. It's like kind of a mystery. You know, it's like you have a, a police detective who ends up being and why why the you know um, boyfriend's uh, or girlfriend's daughter boyfriend is there and all that stuff. But yeah, it's it's really entertaining and it has some really good gore. It's like he, he tries to get some information out of him by taking a drill into his leg and they just like flood the whole entire bathroom with blood. <laughs> so they do a great job with the gore, but. Um, yeah, do the right thing. Great first time watch. Highly recommended. Bull Durham, the chemistry between um, Kevin Costner and Tim Robbins is just insane. Um, and lastly, I watched Cat People, which I guess would be more on the on the horror side. And that disc was awesome. I actually sat down and before I started, I watched the full um, documentary that they had on Val Luton and his history of producing, which was narrated by Martin Scorsese. So. That was a great time, and obviously movies from 1942, like they are, only like you know 80 minutes long, so you could fit in the movie and the documentary yeah, in the same length of time you could do a Marvel movie. So that was a nice little uh, double there. <laughs> totally, yes. man. Don't you appreciate 90 minute movies so much more as we you get older? I do absolutely. Like when I <laughs> check one out, I'm like trying to decide what I'm going to watch tonight, and I was looking between The Great Escape and Cat People, and The Great Escape was pushing like almost three hours. I was like, oh, gotta. Go with the cat people. Yeah, when you see like an 80 or 90 minute film, you either know it's going to be absolutely fucking terrible or it's going to just do what it needs to do, get out, and and it says what it needs to say, you know? Um, I don't think there's ever a middle uh, to it. But but yeah, um, as you mentioned, I haven't had a chance to watch that many things lately, but uh, I do have a couple things that I will bring up. Um, So uh, I have a film professor uh, for where I went to school that sometimes throws out like random deep cuts uh, that he views, you know, during the week. And he threw out Troll 2 recently. And and I was like, I haven't seen that movie in probably about like 10 years. Same here. And and it's a great time whenever I watch it. Uh, so I'm gonna watch it and and the documentary, you know that uh, you know goes along with it. So I did, and uh, I tried to watch it uh, with my wife, and she got about five minutes into it and and, 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 and tapped out. Obviously, good good on her for making it that long. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, like that is the epitome of a movie where you pour yourself a couple drinks, you sit back, and you just have a good time with it. You know, like. 
it's just it's it's so fucking terrible but you know it's terrible and you just you know you catch something new every time you watch it and it's just uh it's fun to watch with a group of friends you know and just make fun of it the whole time um so that was good uh, and then i watched a documentary uh, that kind of accompanies it uh it's called best worst movie uh the original child actor uh who starred in the in the movie kind of uh, you know, was ashamed of it for years, but he finally kind of embraced it and, uh, you know, made this documentary about, uh, you know, the um, uh, resurgence in recent years of, you know, midnight screenings at, you know, like Alamo Draft House and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, little film festivals, uh, you know, that they kind of sponsor like all around the country where they show Troll 2. And it has like, you know, a, a pretty good little fan base. Like, it's not the most uh, in-depth, uh, you know, documentary and it doesn't like, you know, go really deep on you know the subject matter but it's it's fun to watch all these like you know stars of the original film and just how some have fallen on pretty hard times and some are kind of like embracing this you know kind of new form of you know small time celebrity you know that comes along with you know showing this movie at midnight screenings all over the country so um you know it's 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 definitely worth your time if you like you know obscure little documentaries about about films like that. Um, have you caught that documentary about the film? Oh yeah, I've seen it. And you know, that, that, that guy that plays the dad is like a dentist and he like is so into it. Oh my God. He is like so into it. He, he <laughs> like, he just like gets like into like, you can tell that he wants to be a movie star so bad. Oh yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. he, he didn't quite make it there, but like he just, he, he just feeds off of all the crowd and he just wants to be, you know, the center of attention basically. So that's a wonderful documentary. I've seen that so many times. Um, it's funny how they, they, isn't the guy who directed it like an Italian guy. And he, they said like, Oh, well, he said now he meant to do it like this. Yeah. He, he meant that. And it's like, shut up. He, uh, he pulls the whole, um, you know, the room, you know, thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a, a, uh, after the yeah. fact, you know, where, you know, um, 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 Tommy was, uh, after the fact said, Oh, it, it, it was meant to be a spoof. Like it, you know, I was just playing it for laughs and all this. And I'm like, no, you weren't like you, you were just making a, a horrible film and, you know, and it got blue balled years later, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, and, and I recommend it if you like, you know, documentaries about small time films like that. And, uh, the other thing, uh, so me and my wife have this thing, uh, where, uh, I pick a television series that we run through uh, and then she'll pick a TV series that we run through. What what I usually pick is a little more like, uh, you know, drama, a little more like serious stuff, just because like I like hard hitting stuff like, you know, for my TV and, you know, streaming, you know, on Netflix and stuff. She likes a little more lighthearted stuff. So it's her turn this time. Uh, we're, we're going through Shit's Creek right now. Oh, yes. And oh, my God, <laughs> we've watched... Uh, about a season and a half in the last two or three days. Oh. And I fucking love the show. Yes. yes. Like just the, the, the comedy and the characters are they're They're so subtle, but like once you get to know them, like after a couple episodes, like you just love watching them and you love the banter, you know, between all of them. Uh, and I just, I, I can't recommend it enough just because like, you know, a lot of comedies these days kind of go over the top, you know, with their comedy and, and their dialogue. This this show plays it so straight, but it 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 just takes it to a level where everything that one of these family members say just like almost makes me laugh out loud, like just watching it like on a daily basis. Like I can't I can't recommend it enough. 
love that's that awesome i think uh we're gonna start uh, watchmen I've heard so many good things about it, and then it just popped up on the uh, news Amazing. this week because it had 26 Emmy nominations, which led by like 10 or 12. So I watched the movie and uh, you know enjoyed the movie. And Love heard, the movie. Uh, Movie's um, good. Heard really good things about it, but um, I'm gonna watch that, and then also Yellowstone is on my um, list to watch. It's like a western on the Paramount Network, kind of like yeah. a new new wave. Um, action western so i got those i've heard that's list. good that guy the guy who did uh that show yellowstone is this guy taylor sheridan he did this really kick-ass movie called hell or high water a few years ago oh yeah, oh, yeah. i love that one yeah that was one of my favorites that. that year um, yeah yeah that's a great movie but Shit's creek like max if you haven't watched that with your wife no like, i haven't i have not watched man, it. man it, it will bring you guys together and make you feel so happy <laughs> it's so funny like tyler is no joke my girlfriend and i we ran through Schitt's Creek uh, maybe a couple months. I mean, we went through it so fast. Um, the last season won't be on Netflix until October, but um, it's – oh, man, it, it's so good. It's, like, so not mean-spirited at all. No, it's, it's so funny. It's so light and, like, you know, you can't help but root for all these characters. Like, even though they're kind yeah. of, like, just – you know, very, very dramatic, especially Catherine O'Hara's character is just so dramatic good. about everything, but she's gold. Like, I can't tell you just like how much we enjoy just sitting there like laughing, like, you know, between the two of us and just having a great it's time amazing. watching it. Um, but yeah, um, can't, can't recommend it enough. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Dude. Lots of good amount of, uh, of stuff there we got going dude, on. Stay home is where it's at guys. Stay at <laughs> home is the best. <laughs> You guys want to uh, get into the uh, the main event, Let's the rental it. here? Let's do it. Let me show you out back, and then I'll get out of your hair. The stars are insane out here. I should have brought the telescope. What do you need a telescope in the city for? Unless you're like a peeping Tom or something. I saw his letterbox. If uh, <laughs> if you guys follow his letterbox, and uh, that probably will say it all. But before we get started, I can kick off with a little bit of a synopsis on the film. It's about uh, two couples, um, two brothers, and their wife and girlfriend. Um, one of the brothers, who's played by Dan Stevens, works with his brother's girlfriend, uh, Sheila Van, who is, um, I guess they're in business together. And the reason they're going to rent an Airbnb is because they just had a big business deal win that they had. So they wanted to 
go out to the Oregon coast and drop some Molly and celebrate. And I guess a, uh, a nice setup there obviously has a, has a twist to it. So that's the setup we get. And uh, if you've seen the trailer, you obviously will know, but um, it's kind of a Airbnb setup where something is, is awry and there's potentially someone spying on them and um, shit starts hitting the fan. So that's the synopsis. If someone wants to, to kick off their thoughts on it or. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, so I went into this film, um, completely blind. Uh, I didn't watch a trailer for it. Uh, I didn't read anything about it. Um, just kind of read the cast, uh, read the, you know, two sentence, uh, you know, um, you know, premise and, and just kind of jumped into it. Uh, so I really didn't know what to expect. Um, all I saw was Dave Franco's name, you know, uh, a couple of the recognizable names with Allison Brie and, uh, you know, Dan Stevens. Um, and just kind of, you know, sat back and, and let it come to me. But, uh, but yeah, uh, first thing I, I do want to say is the film is very beautifully shot, like has some awesome, uh, you know, cinematography, a bunch of awesome shots of them walking on the beach, like, you know, that very picturesque, uh, you know, house that they're staying in. Um, you know, all of that is very cool because, uh, and even when they're traveling uh, to the house, uh, you can tell that it's, it's very secluded. It's very dark, off the beaten path. So uh, that's something that I kind of did, um, you know, kind of dig uh, as I was watching. Great it. location. Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean, that 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 Airbnb spot would be booked for like two or three years straight. You know, like it's just one of those that would be just completely booked at all times. Um, but uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I really like Dan Stevens. Like, you know, I, I didn't get to know him, uh, really well until I saw the guest. And, you know, if you haven't seen the guest, he is just, uh, amazing in that film and just, uh, carries the whole movie on his back. Um, but he kind of plays almost the, the opposite character in this. He's, uh, he's kind of a douche <laughs> and he's kind of a coward. Uh, horrible fucking decision. Yeah. I, I was so excited to see him in this movie and the way they decided to portray him. I was like, why the fuck would you use this guy who's been in a horror movie this way? I could not figure that out. Yeah. The, the cast was, was very wasted in my opinion. Like you had such good names, you know, you had Alison Brie, who's, you know, obviously on fire, you know, the last four or five years, you know, Dan Stevens, who's up and coming, uh, Toby, uh, Huss, who's, you know, not a household name, but, you know, has been, you know, a, you know, supporting actor, you know, for a long time and, and always kind of brings it, uh, Artie? you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, whatever role he's in, but, uh, but yeah, all, all their talents were just kind of, I guess, held back, I guess you could say for me, like, you know, <sighs> As you were saying, Max, a lot of bad decisions were made horrible by these characters. Like horrible. Like, you know, I I know that when we watch you know horror films, you know, there's a little bit, you know, you have to take away, I guess, a little bit of you know disbelief, you know, when it comes to a lot of the decisions that you know characters in these films make. But like some of this shit was just kind of just made you scratch your head and go, what? Like, you know. Even even for a horror film, like, you know, that's pushing it a little bit for me. But uh, but no, just the constant just switch in tone, like how it goes from, you know, kind of a very like, you know, dramatic, you know, you know, with these characters relationships, you know, you've got, you know, love triangles, you know, between all the characters, you know, and then you switch to kind of like a, you know, 
are are we being watched type thriller? And then we go into straight slasher mode in the last third of the movie. Like it was all over the place. Like uh, I don't know. It just you know some some bits worked. Like you know if they would have kept on the path of you know these characters' relationships and just the paranoia that they go through. You know throughout the first half to you know three quarters of the film. I think that worked pretty well, you know, you know, considering that, you know, two of the characters didn't want to get caught, you know, in their little tryst, you know, are they being watched by who or what? Um, if they would have kept on that route, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but just that, that dramatic, just 360 turn they took in the last 20 to 30 minutes really took me out of it. Um, really did. Um, you know, I, I, I was kind of just standing there. I was like, am I watching the same movie? Like, this is just a crazy change in tone. Um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, like, I mean, Dave Franco, you know, first time director, you know, he has a lot to live up to, you know, with his brother, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, you know, so successful, you know, in acting and directing, um, you know, so, I mean, for his first film, it, it's, it's not a bad, um, you know, movie. It just, it, it just wasted so much potential in my opinion. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well said. Do you want to uh, do you want to go next, or do you want to wait till the end? I'll, I'll wait till the end because I, right. I, I I saw your letterbox <laughs> thing too, and it'll take um, right. a little bit. Yeah, Tyler said a lot of the things that I was kind of thinking in it, like when I first saw the movie. Um, I, I agree, it was really well shot. Um, the the actors they had were. I was like, when I watched the trailer, I was like, we have to do this next uh, next week for the next episode because it looked awesome. You got a cabin set up, you have isolation, you have potential thriller with them being spied on. You have a great cast, and like we mentioned, the characters they chose to play um, did not work very well, and how they had it set up. You also have um, the boyfriend's uh, or the brother's girlfriend, Sheila plays a really weird character. She's like super kind of abrasive and keeps bringing stuff up. I guess they try to use that as, as a plot point later on, but she just like can't let stuff go and kind of helps push on their demise that they have. So she's kind of an interesting character too, but um, I agree the plot, how it changes. It goes from a you know drama where you have uh, some infidelity, you have a setting where they're all in the house together, you have drugs. And then when they bring in the potential, um, spying twist to it where are they being watched is he there is it just some random you know pervert what's going on and then how it twists into um someone being you know accidentally killed and then like you said it just goes into a straight up slasher and where they went with the very end of it i won't spoil it but i was like please don't be like hellfest please don't be like hellfest with the end of it and of course they had to do it that way so i was really like looking for some some motivation but Instead, they just wrap it up with a montage and you don't really get, you know, what you're looking for with the with the end of the film. But um, definitely Dan Stevens was underutilized and it was a very predictable movie. I don't know if you guys um, I kind of talk through movies a little bit and drives my wife insane. But I literally said, like, um, when the boyfriend and um, his wife went to bed, I was like, I'll bet you a thousand dollars. We're going to cut to a hot tub scene. And of course, both of them go to bed and they had they had. Had a uh, foreshadowing there where, oh, uh, here's the hot tub. Here's all this stuff for it. Like, why are you going to talk about a hot tub unless the hot tub is going to get used? They go in the hot tub and then they have a, a scene later on with the same thing where, where they show 
um, a cliff in the dark and how high it is and the rocks down below it. And that's kind of paid off in the end. So um, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm with Tyler. It's his first effort. If anything, it is it is fun. It is worth uh, a rental, I would say, to people like us who are missing out on new horror movies that decently shot, you know, some some good cast and actors there. It's not a, you know, a cheap just get something out movie. So there is some entertainment value there, but there's just a lot of decisions that I think you could have had a hell of a movie here if you had kind of stuck on the path that Tyler mentioned or had utilized the characters differently or maybe Dan Stevens isn't a douchebag, but maybe he's hiding something or maybe we don't get the reveal early on of, um, I think Toby Huss would have been a great character to use as kind of um, the creepy guy and kind of continue down that path with what's he doing and, you know, do they have a video of them or what's happening there? So I thought there was a lot of different directions it could have gone and what they chose wasn't, you know, my cup of tea. Um, but overall, I think it's it's worth a watch and, you know, obviously it's not going to be a waste of your time. Uh, so I do not like this movie at all. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, it, it shot well, but the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's cool. Um, but what what really agitated me the most about the movie is not only the tonal shift, the fact that it was just kind of, you know, the thing is, is with that grounded approach like that, you know, the way that it takes it, the way that you're just following around these two brothers and um, their significant others. And, you know, there's a lot of like dynamics going on between them, you know, inequality that they feel towards each other and all that stuff. And, then they just go on and there's just some serious infidelity that really just kind of gets to a point where I think it's just, it, you can feel the director's hand. You can feel the screenplay working to get to a certain direction. And I don't like that at all. I mean, it's forcing I mean, this drama. I mean, really you can tell from the opening shot, like, I mean, from the opening shot, like, I mean, you know, what's going to happen. You, know? you thought there were a couple in the opening yeah, shot before right. anything happened, exactly. and they purposely planted that seed again, foreshadowing and overdoing it. To so get it's to agitating, the plot. yeah. And to me, you know, I, 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 I like thrillers. I like this stuff. I, I don't really think The Strangers is a particularly good movie, but it's kind of like that. Oh. In a way, um, I just think that there, it's very shallow. great movie. By the way, I think it's a very shallow <laughs> film. Both of these movies, and that really bothers me. Um, I really. Um, I might have talked about this on the last episode. I think I did. But I talked about Funny Games briefly. Um, like, mm-hmm, seriously, mm-hmm. people, watch that movie. Watch Funny Games, the 1997 movie. It, like, I, Tyler's shaking his head no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm shaking it because I love those films, it, it, but they're so hard to watch. Yeah, now. that's the point. Like, yeah, and he's... he's As a parent, yeah, too, I would assume. Yeah, and, and like, I... I, I I, I heard you talking about them last week on, yeah. the, on the episode, like, and the, and, you know, Michael Haneke, who, you know, directed is, is daring you to watch those movies. Like he's like, exactly. You know, daring you to turn away. And both the original and the remake are just like fantastic pieces of work. Um, totally. That I highly recommend as well. But, uh, you know, I digress here. And so, you know, like seeing those movie, seeing that movie and hearing him talk about it just really made me put, think about all these different thrillers in a totally different way. There are really good movies like this too, that aren't just like brilliant pieces of like European auteur work. When a stranger calls the original is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic film. Yep. Um, brilliant movie. I would say I love that. I think it's just great piece of filmmaking horrifying, but like, anyway, I digress too. Uh, the thing with Dave Franco in this movie is you can totally feel everything working. Um, it is this very put upon, 
you know, I like hip stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like that. I like looking at movies that um, are very beautiful to look at. There's a film called Ingrid Goes West that's about Instagram culture that kind of has that kind of Marfa look to it. Um, and that's not really what this is going for exactly. Um, that movie, Ingrid Goes West, commented on the way people view social media and the, the lens that we're viewing things from. This movie just seems like some kind of like asshole LA people, some assholes, um, very, you know, upper middle class to, you know, like probably what Dave Franco and Allison Brie would do on a normal weekend with friends. They would try, drive out somewhere and get yep. like a, a, you know, a $1,200 a night, $1,300 a night Airbnb, um, <laughs> get it. And then like want to go like do like peyote or something like that, or like take Molly and like dance to like LCD sound system or something like that. <laughs> and, and, and that's cool. And all, I like all of those things. I mean, I don't trip, I don't do psychedelics, but like, you know, I like that kind of music. I like feeling in a place that's kind of like a very hip kind of setting. Um, that you would see, but it, it's but to really call upon that in your film to evoke what you see on social media and those filters and what you think that those actors may live like um, is really, I think, very um, naive of them and like just like no self awareness at all. I think Alison Brie is very good. I really recommend Horse Girl on Netflix. She is really good in that film. Really Great. daring, really out there. Um, I like what she does a lot. She's very very talented. Um, Sheila Van, she's in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, a movie I've yep. been wanting to see for years. Um, but she's in a movie that I think that most people – I would think I wouldn't like this movie, but she's in this movie with Justin Long called The Wave that I would recommend rating on iTunes. It's a really entertaining film um, that worked for me. But this movie just pissed me off because it really seemed like an actor who was very – like had his connections, wrote it with Joe Swanberg who, did, who does like very mumbly kind of like meandering films that I think I'm kind of past in my life. I really haven't seen his style progress. And so I feel like as a film viewer, I've progressed a little bit and I've just kind of felt him staying in motion. Um, but – um, that's kind of what I feel like Dave Franco did. I feel like he didn't really have a distinct voice. He didn't really have anything to say. And, and I, I, I do completely agree with you in the fact that like, you know, everything in that film felt very forced. Like nothing felt like a smooth transition from scene to scene. Like right. you're literally on a railroad track just being rerouted with how they want you to go. And, you know, you, you feel that jarring effect of like them just sending you this way, sending you that way. And, you know, it, it takes a really good filmmaker to seamlessly, you know, blend scene to scene. And, you know, Dave Frankel obviously hasn't gotten there yet. Like, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt since this is his first film. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, he can't strike gold, you know, with his first. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, directors have, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give him a shot down the line, um, you know, because this wasn't it wasn't an awful film by any means. Like, I wouldn't consider it like an, an, an awful debut, but like, you know, he he needs to work, you know, on on just, you know, the writing of the film needed work, you know, because you had all these big time actors who had so much potential. And I feel like it was just wasted, you know, with their characterizations like it just kind of. You know, you had all the talent in the world with Allison Brie and Dan Stevens, and you only used them to a fraction of the potential that you could have. You know, that that's what frustrated me most because going into this movie, I'm like, all right, this movie, like, it wasn't like my expectations were too high, but I'm like, the way it's set up and what's happening, like, this is fucking awesome. This is going to be such a cool summer flick to check out. And um, I think you bring up a great point about how they make the decisions with the characters about the infidelity. Like, there's a great movie here. 
if they don't have that angle of, you know, if they don't go all the way with infidelity and you have them there, um, you know, taking drugs, hanging out, playing around, going on hikes, doing that kind of stuff where they're still being spied on and having creepy shit happen. Like the telescope just appear in the house and, um, the caretaker of the, of the residence being a creepy guy and then catching a camera. You could have a scary film there without the infidelity and without having to be like, Hey, we know we're being watched, but we cheated. So we can't tell on them. Um, because then they'll find out. So we can't do this. And even pushing it as far later on where, you know, they have the issue with the, the guy who, um, is taking care of his brother's house and it's just kind of unnecessary. I think the movie would have been better. Like you mentioned, if the characters were likable, even if they're doing douchebag things, going and renting a $1,200 Airbnb. And, um, you even could have had something with where Dan Stevens characters and the ex-girlfriends he fucked over, um, had something to do with it or have some area of there where right. you could have said a lot more. So that's kind of where I was thinking at first, because where she kind of had a realization of, um, he's not the best guy where she told the story about, Oh, it's not the best story because he cheated on his ex-girlfriend with me. And then her brother's like, Oh, he did that with uh, her too. <laughs> and then she realizes, um, you know, what kind of guy he is, even as she's married, which kind of doesn't really play into the characters as well. Like you never knew, your husband was a scumbag when you married him, but just because he cheated on the girlfriend before he cheated on with you, then that immediately makes you think that he's going to be, you know, a bad guy. It seemed like their relationship was more like boyfriend, girlfriend than husband and wife on top of that. So, um, definitely could have made some other decisions. I think he just, with his privilege was able to fail on a much higher level. Um, you know, I gave them, I gave the movie a six out of 10, but like with the actress, he had most people you'd make an indie, you know, it would suck. No one would see it. But with him, it's, he had, you know, one of the biggest horror movies of the summer. It was number one in the box office cause it played in drive-ins and it was number one on iTunes. So it said it was the second film ever to open up number one at the box office and number one on iTunes. So it was kind of interesting with that. But like I said, I gave it a, a six out of 10. So I think it's worth the watch. There's a lot worse movies, whether you think, you know, if it could have been better, or they didn't make the right decisions, or he was kind of being a D bag when he was making it. Um, it's to me, it's still an entertaining horror movie and you should check it out, but definitely had an op opportunity to be, you know, uh, an all time, all time movie there with that cast and that setting and that crew and everything they had going on. It could have been a great debut for him. Can we go into like full on spoilers for the movie? Yeah, let's, we, we could drop a, we can drop a thing to, cut out and see the movie and come back and we can talk spoilers here if you guys want to. So if you I haven't seen, okay. let's do it. If you haven't seen the rental, go check it out, pause this and, uh, and come back when you're finished. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> so spoiler alert, they all die in very unceremonious fashion. Yeah. Um, very the last lame. one was the worst. The last, the last one, one was the, the fucking worst. Uh, Allison breeze was pretty lame too. It was just like, dunk, dunk, you know, then they're just dead. And, and, you know, I just the action of that. It's it's so. If that's what your movie's gonna be, you need to make it memorable in a way. And you know, all of that and the way that they, I'm like, good. They all deserve to die. I mean, the guy um, who's a good actor. Um, what's his name? His name's Jeremy Allen White, maybe. But he's on yep. Shameless. He's yep, on Shameless. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's really good on Shameless. And I think an actor that should get more cred. I, I like him a lot, but. You know, he just goes and just beats the shit out of Toby Huss because his girlfriend was being an asshole and jumping on his back, you know, and it was just a weird situation altogether, you know, and I'm sure just the way she'd been feeling already, she was already triggered by this guy. Um, but what know, about the foreshadowing on that? They mentioned a brief note that 
he would freak out about something if she texted or if she told on something. So they yeah, did the same thing where they're like, you know, telegraphing what the movie's going to be. Exactly. And he just goes and just beats the shit out of him, pretty much kills him. But, you know, another guy comes out of nowhere and finishes the job and suffocates him. But um, all of that stuff, you know, and then Dan Stevens and her hooking up in a way that's just so terrible. Really, Allison Brie was just trying to, like, drop some Molly and, like, listen to Father John Misty and just, like, chill <laughs> and get in the hot tub. I and, felt so bad for her when yeah. they all were like, we're going to take a little bit of Molly on the first night and then we'll all have fun tomorrow. You know, him and his uh, his work partner get fucked up and fuck in the shower and then are all too hungover to even do the fun hiking trip that she wanted. And then she's like, all right, guys, let's do it. And they're all like, nah, we're good. And she's like, really? Why, <laughs> why would you even go? Out. It's No, but you're... Yeah. you're you are right, Cole. It's it's that image of like privileged like Instagram like yeah. you know generation that you know kind of go and do as they please and kind of don't really think about their actions and don't really give a shit if they hurt other people or you know you know um, anything like that. So you know in and, and in, in that regard, like you you <laughs> hate they, these fucking people. Like, and they, he did right. that on purpose, but he didn't have anything to say about it. And so it just makes you think of like, oh, I bet you guys probably do this kind of shit anyway. Even though, you know, I don't know what his personal relationships is like and I don't know what he's like <laughs> as a person. But, you know, the reputation of what L.A. is and what Hollywood is and what the Instagrammy Airbnb go out to the desert for a weekend kind of vibe is. It's annoying. It's really annoying. And um, that's frustrating to me, you know. I mean, and so... You know, with all of that stuff and then like the coda at the end with the montage, um, I'm glad they didn't kill the dog. The dog comes back because, you know, there's a scene where they, like, they lose the dog. Um, hey, by the way, use did the dog because my wife saw the dog in the opening of the movie and said, I'm not fucking watching this movie if the dog dies. And so I paused it. I went on did the dog and you can type in the movie. And they said, did the dog die? And there's there's eight upvotes that said no. So I was like, all right, we're good. Don't worry about it. So Wes Anderson movies would not do well because dogs die a lot in his movies. That's sad. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that movie, man, it just, that kind of shit just gets on my nerves so bad. It's like, dude, I, I would love to make a movie, but, you know, I can't because I'm not James Franco's brother. Um, I can't because, <laughs> you know, I, so, and so it just seems to me, it's like, oh, you're getting to make a movie and you don't really have anything to say and you get, you get it released by this really cool label, IFC Midnight, who has a really strong history and has a really good brand of horror films. You know, I think that, you know, I, I prioritize their films whenever they're nice enough to send them to me. And so... You know, it makes me feel bad that I shit on this and Relic um, pretty hard because both these films are pretty much given a pass and really well received. But I, I don't think I've disliked a movie this long in a long time. Um, and not because it's like poorly made, just because of the voice that it comes from. Um, and so, you know, so essentially what it is, is so Toby Huss's character, the landlord, so to speak, of the Airbnb, had no idea there were cameras there. So it was just some random guy. Did he go buy those properties or did he just rent them for like a long time and then set them up? For people to kill, to kill. People. Well, it looked, it looked like in the montage, like you mentioned. So Toby has to, they totally set him up to look like a guy who hates Muslims and that is a drunk and that's you know creepy as fuck and is doing these bad things. Um, but in the montage, in the end of it, they show him renting an Airbnb and doing all this stuff. So he rents it before, and then obviously the people don't clean it very well or don't pay attention to that, and then he you know, waits because uh, you couldn't even tell in the montage, like who we picked the victims for. I thought he was going to wait for someone to cheat again, but 
he waded through, you know, a family, a couple things, and then just killed two people sleeping in a bed. So you don't really, you know, see what happened there. That could have gone uh, in so a lot pointless. different direction with that. So the, I will sit. Okay. No, go ahead, Max. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, if you just would have made this movie a straight up slasher, you could have even had a better time, right? Like, if you skip all of, like, the bullshit you said, the guy had a kind of creepy, he had, the mask was like a drive-esque mask mixed with, like, a Halloween mask, Michael Myers mask almost, and it's kind of creepy. Like, when they hit that part, if that was the the deal with the whole movie, you could have had it. Like, he um, puts out these road spikes kind of like in wrong turn and bashes her fucking head in like for no reason. She's like the most likable character and they just kill her off first. And then like you said, they, Dan Stevens, they just kill him off, um, you know, unceremoniously and like, what the fuck happened there? And then when, um, when I guess it's Sheila, uh, Vand is, she's running over the cliff and runs over and just she falls off and they don't even make like it's not even you don't see her death you don't see anything it's just dark and then he looks down it's like you have the worst kill offs for this and then they even tried to have that scene where they use tension with the showers which was so fucking corny because he wasn't even there so you're assuming that the little camera he hooks up also does some fucking wi-fi shower shit or something where it can turn the showers off and on yeah yeah, I mean, all, all that is very weak. And, and honestly, it probably would have been a lot more effective if this guy wouldn't have been a straight up, like, you know, slasher clone. Like, if he had actually just wanted, like, to ruin these people's lives, you know, with, you know, this or that, or, you know, trying to expose people. like Bribe like, them. Yeah, like, I mean, something in that regard, I think, would have been a lot more effective than him just filming these people for a couple days and then just straight up offing them in very like mediocre fashion. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it, 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 all the payoffs of all our main four characters dying, you know, they, they weren't deserved. Like nothing like made you want any of these people to survive. So when they get, you know, very crudely killed off, either off screen or just very bluntly, you know, by, a random hammer or like a random, like, you know, swipe to Dan Stevens in the middle of the forest. Like, it, like <laughs> nothing, nothing is deserved about these killings. Like, you know, right. when you, like when you watch a slasher movie, like you're waiting for whoever, you know, our, our main killer is to off your characters in very like, you know, extreme and satisfying ways. Like, you know, when I watch a Friday the 13th or, or Halloween Dude, yes. film, like yes. you're waiting for those kills and you're waiting for these characters who you either love or hate to be offed in very intense and extreme ways. And like, and even, even in this film, like you don't get that. And it's such a letdown. Like, you know, I could have even taken that t- tonal shift if they had just done it a little bit more effectively, you know? So the thing is, what I was thinking about when you were talking about all that, Tyler, is to bring it back to a couple of things. Um, I mean, the thing is, is I will bring it back to Michael Haneke and Funny Games. So on the Criterion, that he, t- he talks about this a lot. He talks about like films that are really great. You want it to feel like the film is still going at the, after the end. You, you know, some films really work with that punctuation feels good sometimes when it's going you know we were talking a little bit off mic i was telling y'all watch the graduate that's a great movie that has that has things that's just left you like well what's going to happen in their lives at the end with funny games you're like oh my god they're going to another house um and it keeps going and i think that that's what 
Dave Franco's trying to do, and like with the surveillance, all that stuff. He's really trying, I think, to rip <laughs> rip off Michael Haneke in a way. There's a there's also a movie called Cache that Michael Haneke directed about videotapes being sent to a couple uh, from hard drives. So a cache. Um, and so to me, it just seems like that's what he's going for, and not really um, hitting the mark. Um, and I that really is what is agitating to me. I mean, but. You know, I, I I'm not gonna give it a pass. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> give it a pass at all. Um, so, it's kind of my thoughts on it. When you're writing your reviews for Rotten Tomatoes, I'm reading these. <clears throat> do you ever like try to make those taglines? This one is pretty funny from uh, Adam Naiman from The Ringer. Instead of trying to make a point, Franco just makes his movie, and that's fine. It's not a backhanded compliment to say the rental is worth of its title. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, because so. it seems like most people on here are like around the range I'm at that are positive on it at least. Kind of like six out of ten, two out of four, um, you know, three out of five. Where it's like um, they kind of mention that you know he's not not a great director yet, but he does does some good things on it and has it has a decent cast. I know on your side, um, it's more about the the process of Dave Franco being able to make it, not having anything to say. I can, after you mentioned that, see him just like high giggling, writing like, Oh, let's fucking add a slasher in it or something like that <laughs> while he's writing the movie. But at the same time, you know, for the, I think for the average horror fan, it's going to be, you know, at least something where there's some tension, where there's some dread, where there's some kills. And I, I kind of stand by my rating of, of six out of 10, but it is funny to see the difference. Looks like critics have it at a 75% and fans have it at right at a 50%. So I guess that's a good place to put it kind of in the middle where you're going to have people who are, you know, maybe into it who are not thinking as deeply in on it and are just kind of along for the ride. And then people who are going to give it a pass, like you mentioned. I mean, I think it's very accessible to the non horror like crowd, you know, like it's just one of those where if you're not crazy into you know, horror, like, you know, like we are, like it, it, it can be accessible, I feel like, but you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I, I think I'm, I'm right in between you guys. Like I didn't like it to your point, Max, but I didn't mm-hmm. like absolutely like disown it like you did Cole. So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of right in the middle of the, of the four, four to five out of 10 range for me. So, so, Real quick before before we move on from the end of the movie, something that you were saying I too I forgot to say uh, that this movie reminds me of a movie that does play this kind of stuff very well, and that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. This movie kind of reminds me of that in a way. There's a lot of like uh, relational dynamics going on in that film. A lot of like I want to be with this person, but they're with this person. I feel lonely. I'm mad. I'm over here brooding. I'm having all these like childish uh, thing, things of jealousy and all this stuff going on. And when those deaths come in that movie. They feel warranted when the guy, when the creepy guy is watching the snuff films downstairs. You know, you're feeling the tension of that. You know, the stuff with Crystal yep. Glover. You're feeling the tension of that. You're feeling, you know, those moments whenever he, when he gets to score. You know, you're like, whoa, the, okay, good for him. You know, and then when they die, you know, so all of that really works well in Part Four, Friday the Thirteenth, um, much better than it did here. And I feel like it kind of borrowed a little bit from that as well. It's, That's a good callback. But they're happy. They're having fun. They're not. They are you know, having being, fun, and yeah. I'm having fun watching that movie too. I love that movie. It's they're not fu- fucking in the shower while his wife is in the bed next door. Like right. Jesus. It's it's really <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I just finished up uh, the uh, shout out to Halloweenies uh, episode of the final chapter today, 
where they go into you know very in depth on every character in that movie and and yeah you're 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 right on the mark how like they're actually some of the most sympathetic characters in the entire Friday like series and like you're you're rooting for all of them and you don't want any of them to die except for like you know the main douche boyfriend that leaves his girl like out in the middle of the lake but uh but yeah you're 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 definitely right like you know when when you're invested in the characters and you want to root for them like you make a so much more effective film you know and even like lowbrow stuff like Friday the 13th like is much better off like when you have that kind of stuff when you know versus you know a film that you know is trying to go above and beyond but can't even reach like simple human levels like you know that you want to see so um and yeah and uh i do believe that if this movie had you know crispin glover dancing it probably would have been a lot more successful too you know so <laughs> I agree. you're talking like there. direct directing 101 to like every single person here talk about movies is that you have to either like the characters, believe the characters have a, have a storyline in the characters before you can have anything else. And if the characters are all just kind of cut ins, Oh, smart brother, dumb fuck up brother, girl who's going to cheat on wife. Who's not as cool as the, the girlfriend he's going to cheat on. It's like, they're just so cookie cutter, you know, pull out of a, a slasher film. And, and the way, the way that Joe Swanberg works to my understanding is like he'll just have like a treatment of something, and he he wrote this movie with Dave Franco. He'll have like just a treatment, and so and if you don't know what a treatment is, it's like a page, two pages max, something like that. And then like with spark all these notes. like characters, <laughs> yeah, spark notes, like essentially of like all these characters, and that's what it felt like, you know. And you feel that in the moments when they're like at the very beginning when they get to the the Airbnb, and they're like, hey, uh, brotato, uh, what's up? Uh, oh gosh, Boba Fett, all that. <laughs> that's stuff. cringeworthy. That's that was stupid. I'm like, dude, aren't you guys like in your mid thirties? Isn't that a joke from like 2003? Like, and his wives, we were, their girls this? were there too. It wasn't like it was they a bros like, oh, trip. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. And so to me, it's like, you've got to have something that is more fleshed out. Um, that is bullcrap. Um, I hate that. And that's what I'm saying is like, they're not progressing is storytellers. And you know, but I, you know, shout out to Joe Swanberg's drinking buddies. Shout out to Joe Swanberg's Netflix show. Easy. It's pretty good. Um, but this, oh God, just, you know, sucks. So. <laughs> All right. You, you pretty much said it best with that. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're all kind of in the camp of, you know, this could have been a lot better, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Dave Franco has, has some, some, some work to do, uh, on future projects, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely a missed opportunity, but, uh, you know, not one that I'd completely just throw in the garbage i think cole would disagree with me with that but yeah. um, okay you know we'll we'll move on down the line we will. that's right that's right but uh yeah guys um we uh are looking forward to uh more uh you know releases on vod uh some classic reviews because obviously we're not going to the theater anytime soon and cole you uh, are pretty ticked off about uh old nolan wanting to keep pushing this uh you know release aren't you <laughs> Fucking August 23rd. I, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I mean, I just am not into it anymore, man. I'm just like, stop forcing this. It, it makes me just kind of not care as much anymore. And that sucks because Tenet's something I've really been looking forward to. And I think it's going to be really a good movie yeah. for sure. But I'm just like to the point where it's like, okay, like, I don't know. I, there's something about it I can't quite articulate um, that yeah. really annoys yeah. me about it. 
But I just would 20, rather just wait till next year at this point. Like I'm just moved on. Like I'm, I've got other things in the fire that I'm working on instead. So yeah, really I'm, care. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty mentally checked out for anything that's, you know, coming down the pipe this year. Like, Let's just all hit the reset button and start again in 2021. I mean, Man, really. that's what I think. So, the, yep, this this is going to so. be the year of horror movies that could have been one of the best of all time, too, man. <laughs> Some of the stuff they had coming out with Halloween Kills and the new Candyman and Quiet Place 2. Like, I was so pumped for this year. Spiral. Oh, everything. But, yeah. yeah, all the things they're excited about. Now, like, you're going to re-see the trailer again that they're going to have to, like, put a new swing on for people to get excited about again. Because remember when Spiral dropped, it's like, yes, May, let's do this. And now they're going to redo it again. Like, yeah, I already know that it's different. I guess I'm going to watch it. <laughs> what's crazy about that is Spiral should be coming out on Blu-ray in a few weeks. Like, that's I what's know. crazy. It should. Yeah. It should. A Quiet Place 2 should be hitting Blu-ray. Yeah, it's it's nuts. So it's crazy because, like, we, like, look at our, like, calendar a few months ago. And we were like, oh, man, you know, we got to figure out what we're going to do. What, and then now it's like this is the first new release we've talked about maybe since The Hunt. Maybe four months. Yeah. Uh, we did the platform and – Oh, um, right. And – uh, I think Underwater, which was, I guess, uh, a new release on, on yeah. you know, VOD. But, VOD, uh, right. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, right. but yeah, we've done a lot of uh, archival stuff and a lot of classics. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll definitely interchange it, uh, you know, here on out for sure. Sure. But anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, you can uh, find me, as always, uh, on the Instagrams at uh, the.shape.1978. Uh, I haven't been posting as much just because I've been knee-deep in new baby and, you know, responsibilities of adulthood. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to squeeze in stuff here and there. But, uh, you know, stay with me. It won't always be like that. And I'll be, uh, I'll be back posting every other day soon enough. But, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'll give away a little teaser for the for the fu- a future episode we're gonna do. Um, do I tickle the ivories? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a tease for the movie? Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and you can follow um, the podcast here on Twitter and Instagram at Scream Cinema Pod. I also have my own Instagram at Screaming Cinema. So check us out, follow us, drop us a, a line if you want to recommend anything or have anything that you want to provide comments on. So I always love to hear that. Um, and I guess uh, I'm going to try to encourage Tyler to get on Letterboxd whenever uh, his life kind of clears up a little bit. Man, I I was so into Letterboxd for a few months back when it first came up. And uh I, I haven't posted in it in years, but I, I think I do want to start doing that again. For it's sure. so worth it. It's so cool, especially I, I just uh, upgraded to the pro account uh, today, actually. Yep, and I had that it's, before. It's, it's really cool. Like I saw how many hours of movies I've watched this year, how many movies I've watched, um, all this breakdown. And um, yeah, I really want to get into it pretty hard. I mean, I, I post there all the time, but like I really want to start connecting with people a lot more on there and putting some effort into that. It's a really cool community, unlike Twitter, which is just full of, like, assholes. Um, and, like, just a lot of my c- colleagues and film <laughs> criticism just, like, think they're just the smartest fuckers and thinks they have everything. Anyway, I love you guys, um, if anybody <laughs> hears me on, that follows me on Twitter. I just, I don't like the I culture I wasn't talking about you, right? Yeah. Right. I don't like the culture around Twitter. It just annoys me. I, it stresses me out. and I, I don't like it. But you know what I realized? Instagram and Letterboxd are fantastic. You know what I realized um, so about you, Letterboxd is I need to open up my top level. I have 3% are five stars and 9% are four and a half stars. 
and everything else is four stars or below. So I got to start letting movies into the, into that top range and, and giving a little bit more uh, cred to where it's due. Yeah, you got to. Um, and you know, it's, it's cool. Like if you just build it up, you know, you, you know, I encourage people to add stuff to their watch list, you know, just record things that you've seen. If you saw hook in 1993, post about it, you know? Um, so it's, it's fun just to kind of sit there if you're already posting stuff on social media anyway. So you can find me at my name. I believe that's how you find it. James Clay, James C. Clay um, on Letterboxd. Uh, hit me up there. I'm being very responsive. I'm on there all the time. And then you can follow my Instagram, which I don't put much effort into. Uh, you can follow my personal one, but I don't really care. But you can follow Uncut Films with a Z. Um, I try to post stuff on there. Yeah, you've been um, more like active to, on there. Yeah, and I want to find like a more like focused direction to take that Instagram account, but I can't really, I know I, I'm skirting around that voice, but I, it's hard for me to kind of nail it down. Um, as I am in the process of, um, doing other things with my life and holding a household and keeping my credit score high and you know, all that yes. sort of stuff that it takes, you know, that takes effort. So I can't always just be on Instagram finding new people to connect with. But, the other day um, you made I, a pretty like good to. effort of throwing out all your uh, all your pretty Blu-rays. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that was fun. There. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to do that for aesthetic purposes. It looks really nice. So I'll, I'll yeah. probably do that again. Um, I, I, I put up 25 Blu-rays that I really like to, that I have. So essentially if you want to know what movies I like, you can go and like check, check that out and um, see 25 of my favorite movies. Um, some new, some older, some Criterion, some regular Maybe a Disney movie in there. I don't think so. But um, <laughs> sounds, know, sounds like you have a lot of movie. time. You should have a kid. Yeah, no, I'm good. I <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, want. I don't. You know, like a kid or two here and there, just to spice uh, it up, right? I do not want. I mean, look, I like kids. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for everybody, but I just no, 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 no. I like kids. They're cool, but I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I gotta get. I gotta get my truck paid off first. <laughs> you know what we should do on a future episode? Just a freak. Cole out is to have uh, a murderous child episode with just bad kids or evil kids. I that would that be would, fun, man. I yeah. love evil kid movies. I hey, love the good son. Either that oh, or a, a, even a kitty horror episode, like episodes of uh, horror. You can start, you know, bringing your kids into to become horror fans. There's a lot of fun stuff that way fun. too. Yeah, that'd absolutely. Be all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch y'all on the flip side uh, another time. So y'all take care. <laughs>